0: What could I possibly say that you haven't heard? Or maybe that's not the right train of thought that I should be on. I don't need to be saying something that you haven't already heard. The only thing that I can say that you haven't already heard is my own story, is my own point of view, is my own life. Um... Obviously, this past week in America has been something that we have not experienced um, in a very long time, and I'm not going to throw at you dates because I don't know them off of the top of my head, um, but at the absolute minimum, you know, if you're a younger person, We haven't seen something like this. And I'm going to be 35. Um, However, there are a few things, of course, that we do know. This country was built on oppression. This country was built on racism. This country was built on white supremacy. And the system has functioned like this for several hundred years. And although, yes, obviously, so many strides have been made in the last few hundred years, these deep, deep rooted systems have remained in place, you know? And it's not obvious sometimes to the naked eye. But I can tell you this right now, okay? The majority of white people in this country, we have grown up in this country, you know, no matter how old you are, obviously the older, you know, the bigger the bigger the racism <laughs> has been kind of as a foundation in your life you know and that's you know even if you don't outwardly feel hate or disgust towards a black or brown person there is something inside of you that lives this thing this fear And again, I can't, no, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm sorry. But if you're white, I mean, everybody has a fucking story with this. When I was growing up, I grew up with a single mother. We did not have, um, we never had a lot of money. There were oftentimes, you know, my mom was on food stamps and, um, you know, or she would have to go to the food bank But for all intents and purposes, I still grew up. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, I didn't grow up in the inner city, but I still kind of... I lived just slightly on the outskirts. So not quite enough to be the suburbs, but just kind of like the outskirts of the city. And I remember from a young age... Like, 100%. Um, and again, I feel bad this is not to call my my mother out. I mean, we all have things inside of us. I mean, my mother used to relay stories of um, her parents being extremely racist. And she's told me some really fucked up things, even as a child, um, that my grandfather used to say to her with regards to black people when she was young. So it's like, so my mother wasn't this outwardly racist person, but she absolutely had prejudices. I mean, she, I mean, come on. I mean, just that, that simple thing. If you're walking down the street and you see a black person, you know, like from a young age, I know I kind of had a little bit of fear with that. I mean, of course that, Look, it's a disgusting admission, but it's the truth, you know, when you are growing up and your parents have a prejudice, you know what I mean? And sometimes, again, it's and, and it's obviously fear based, um, you know, so many people have this, obviously, this deep fear of the unknown. This is not uncommon as a species but, you know, but but at the same time, racism is still taught. Racism, you know, is teaching and believing that somebody with a different skin color is worth less than you are. You know, and then it comes with, of course, a shit ton of stigmas and Stories and this is this and this is that. Um, But when I was growing up, you know, I think I had... I I certainly don't ever remember feeling hate. Thank God. But there was still like a feeling. If I was maybe walking down the street at night and I saw a black man, you know what I mean? I'd get a little nervous. And of course, I fucking hate saying that out loud. But it's the truth. And I think... As white people, most of us have this within us. It's this thing. It is. It's a thing. Um, I do remember that being said. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I was uh, going to a middle school that was actually located... Um, very close to the city, closer than I lived to the city. And this was the first time that I attend, that I was attending a school that had, um, a lot of other inner city kids attending it. And I remember like the school was, I don't know, I don't know the percentages, but I, I really looking back on it, I do believe that, um, half the school was, black. And I I don't remember this clearly enough. I think I probably went into the situation starting middle school in 6th grade, probably a little extra nervous because it was a little bit different. I mean, of course I had been around. Listen, I didn't grow up in the middle of fucking nowhere in the United States. You know what I mean? I'd seen plenty of black people, but now I was in a middle school where Half the school was black. And you know what's fucked up? Three quarters of the way into my sixth grade year, we moved to the fucking suburbs. So I had about... Let's see, three... Maybe like six to seven months at this school. It was called Knoxville Middle School in Pittsburgh. And I was literally there only six to seven months. And I remember... Once I got adjusted to just being at a different school, right? Because you leave elementary school and then it's terrifying. I have separation anxiety to the max. And I remember, I mean, from the time I was young as shit, um, you know, I was the child that my mother would drop off at daycare or kindergarten and I would literally sob and this went on. Now, I did start kindergarten a little young. I think I started when I was four. Uh, But nonetheless, when I started middle school I remember and my mom remembers very vividly me coming home I think after the first day and I think throughout the first week and I was I would just sob because it was so different I think and it felt scary and and maybe I was intimidated you know what I mean and I don't remember that necessarily being a race issue but you know it was probably an everything issue because how could it not be But I remember as the weeks went on, I started to fucking love middle school. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I remember most of the acquaintances, at the very least acquaintances, some friends, they ended up being black. And I just remember loving the experience. I remember having so much fun. Um, It was definitely, it felt... um, The school is interesting because there were so many different kinds of people and personalities. And I remember there being like an element of, oh God, I'm trying to choose my words here. I felt like, I felt like the school was very active, if you will. I feel like there was always something going on. To be fair, the location of the school was, um, I guess the area was considered a little bit dangerous, if you will. Um, so I feel like maybe there were sometimes concerns about like the neighborhood and and, and whatnot, but it always, I remember it feeling, I remember there being, being a feeling of excitement when I was there. So any, anyways, um, three quarters of the way into my sixth grade year, um, we moved, we moved. There was like a leak in the ceiling in the kitchen and literally like the entire, just like wall came down. And I mean, it was just like a disaster, a pipe had burst or something like that. And it was cleaned up But like for months and months and months, you know, we had like a really shitty landlord. We had only shitty landlords when I was growing up. I lived in a lot of different apartments in Pittsburgh growing up. And, um, This landlord would not fix the fucking ceiling. And for a while... I don't know. I don't know. From my recollection, what had happened was my mother got so fed up with the living situation that we just kind of fucking up and moved. And we moved to an area of Pittsburgh, which is the suburbs called Baldwin, which is more in the South Hills. And I moved to a... uh, a different school. I mean, I was literally like two to three months from finishing my sixth grade year, and we moved to the suburbs. And I had a, a couple of really, really close friends that I had gone to elementary school with that were with me at middle school that I had to leave. Now, granted, I was like a 15 minute drive away, but this was a new school. So this felt, of course, very dramatic. And again, you know, with the separation anxiety. But I just remember, I just remember going into this new school and it was predominantly white. And when I say predominantly white, I mean like, this shit was like 97% white. Um, I fucking hated it. I hated it. And I just ver- remember very clearly saying at 11 years old, I had more black friends at Knoxville than I did at Harrison. You know, like there was something, like it felt, it was interesting that I, I guess kind of recognized when I when I went to this new school, it felt not even stuffy, but it felt privileged. It felt like these, these little jag off white kids with... A lot more money than I had um, just there was just this there was an energy I didn't feel like i didn't didn't feel right for me to be there, and of course, again, I had up and left the middle school that I knew and that I loved and my friends, and then all of a sudden, here's a bunch of fucking privileged white kids. And it felt really icky. I really struggled with this move. Um, and I don't know why I'm sharing this story, but I feel like perhaps there is something to be said about the fact that me attending that original middle school, Knoxville Middle School, for that very brief time period. It was a stronger introduction to me spending time with more black people. And I enjoyed myself. And it was different, and it was fun, and it was exciting, you know? Um... And then I kind of up and moved and I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, this is for, for better or for worse, you know, for comedic sake or whatnot. I don't know. I've always had, you know, even look, even with these, these little prejudices that have kind of been instilled in us from the time that we were young, um, I've always had what we call white guilt, but it's true. I have. There's something, there's just something to me. And and again, how do you really explain it logically? Because, you know, part of me is used to explaining this in a comedic tone because I've done comedy and all of this kind of shit. But it's true. I've always had white guilt and... it's so funny. I just, I feel the need to want to censor everything that I'm thinking. But if, if I don't just say the truth, I've also always had black envy. What exactly does that mean? Um, there have probably been countless modern articles written on black envy and it kind of, I know it feels probably like a slap in the face. Um, in a way, and obviously not in a way. To me, I have always felt um, very drawn to black people. Black music artists, black actors. There's there's something... And you know what... (laughs) I have a lot of emotions, and I've got a lot of feelings, and I've got a lot of soul, um, and I really think that, I mean, when I think of soul, well, I've kind of always thought of black people think about like soul music and you think about soul food and and I think about you know churches that are that are predominantly black where you go and they fucking celebrate you know the word of God in a way that I feel like the word of God should have been celebrated right not in this stuffy fucking church where you're listening to somebody speak in, in in a monotone voice you know telling stories about Christ but like none of it feels powerful they're just saying words you know but if you Go to a quote unquote black church, they are literally raising it up to God. And all of that has always been very attractive to me. Um. And this is just kind of a brief thing. I, I'm just I'm I'm talking here and I'm sharing, and I there I feel there's like this pit in my stomach right now as I talk you know, this little voice that's like, just shut the fuck up. Stop talking. You're saying dumb things. Um, and it's important for me to say that because I know a lot of us also have that, you know, there's this really weird line though, between speak your truth, but shut the fuck up and listen, right? There's such a gray area to life. And I think we all struggle with gray areas. I think it is very difficult. It's obviously difficult for a lot more people than it is others. But it's so much easier for brains to put things in categories and to try and compartmentalize and to try and say this is this and that is that and I'm sorry but there's no in between and it's just not how life is. Um I'm going to I'm just I'm going to I'm going to skip ahead to everything that's been happening of course this 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 past week. Here is my experience. Here um is what's been happening, obviously, with with the murder of George Floyd. Um, the country, in a way, in a bigger way that it hasn't before as a whole, has risen up to speak out on injustice. And guys, I thought of this really fucked up joke in my head a couple nights ago. I thought, you know, white people are showing up so much more than they have before. And then immediately my brain went to, oh my God, what if it's because they're just so fucking sick of being in quarantine that they just want to get out and hang out with each other? It's such a fucked up, twisted, dark thing. Um, I believe there are some levels of, of humor to that. The point is is that it's 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 an icky thought, but but here's the deal. People are showing up more than they have before. More light-skinned people, white people. They're showing up and that I'm sorry, but that is the most fucking important thing right now. If the majority of the fucking country and the people who have always been the most privileged are not showing up for other humans who happen to be of a different skin color unfortunately how the fuck are we to make a larger more wide scale difference it's fucked up too, to kind of think of it, because it's like, well, we can't get anything done until white people do it, And, and no, 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 and that is not what I fucking mean at all, but it just goes to show you, we have to be together on this, we have to come together, and first of all, not turn a blind eye, we have to first of all, believe that this is real and by this i mean the facts that this country was built on oppression you have to know that a lot of people you know i mean it's and i know it it hurts it hurts our brains for those of us who are conscious of this it's a it's it's a very painful thing for your brain to understand that some people don't buy into this. Why? I don't fucking know. There are so many different psychological foundations at play with this, but the facts are this country has been run by white people and it's been run by a collective of white people who do believe that white people are the superior race. And I know that this is not the only country, for Christ's sakes, that this exists in. But this is the country that I've grown up in and that, obviously, I know. Um, if you don't believe that this is real. I mean, that that's a whole other fucking issue, right? And, and it, I'm going to tell you something right now. With me wanting to say certain things and speak up against this and share my stories, oh my god, it has felt so, so conflicting and so there's this feeling of like, like desperation for me because I, first of all, I want to say the right things. I want to have a positive impact. Here's the fucking deal. Nobody knows who the hell I am. You who's listening to this probably know me personally. (laughs) That's why you are listening to this. Um, at least now I'm still new to this. All I know is that I want to help people in life. I am very, um, I am very deeply passionate about mental health and about changing our realities, you know, in spite of how we grew up or the belief systems that we have and whatnot. And I'm, there's very, you know, for me, I come with not yet any real format or structure to this, um, you know, the last few episodes that I recorded, I had written it out on notes. That was easy for me, just because I was telling my own story and sharing, you know, my my own shit. But now I think, you know, I just, there's there's nothing, I just kind of hit record. But getting back to what I was saying, some people don't believe that white supremacy is real on a vast level, okay? Or they, or they say they don't, or you know what? I don't fucking know because I don't understand that train of, I don't understand that mentality. But those of us who do understand this have multiple routes that they can take You know, for a lot of people, I think people understand this, you know, and I think that it's still such a hard concept for them to grasp. And it feels like such an inconvenience for them to know that they just don't want to be bothered because there are a lot of humans out there who... don't want to care because it's too much of it, it is it's it's too much for their brains to want to put forth effort to helping other human beings unless those other human beings are either very like-minded or are very much you know looking like the same person that they look like You know, isn't it so interesting to see maybe people or friends or neighbors, you know, these humans in our lives who seem like a perfectly decent human being. They're polite. They might seem respectful. They might say hello to you, but they're not looking out for other people. They're looking out for themselves and they're looking out for people who look like them or people who they've decided are in their circle, but they are not concerned about the collective humanity. And that is such a hard concept, of course, for us to grasp the people who do care, the people who want to make a difference, people who are empathic. It's, it's a really hard concept. It's almost more difficult sometimes for me to grasp the people who seem to be just kind of minding their own business and doing their own thing, who don't feel like they owe it to anyone, to to help anybody else out, if they're not either getting something in return or if it doesn't feel natural, I don't know. That concept to me is almost more difficult for me to accept than hatred sometimes because I don't know. I, you know, I do believe that hatred can be unlearned and I do believe that it is obviously not an easy thing to unlearn, but I know that it is possible That people have been taught things and feel things based on something that's been instilled in them. And then they might have an experience that is completely life-changing. You know what I'm saying? Like, these things also exist, you know? People, I'm just, I'm creating a scenario in my mind right now. A middle-aged white guy who's always been who's always had prejudice, who's always been maybe uncomfortable around black people, um, who hasn't ever had any black friends, gets hit by a fucking car someday, and... or one day. And... a black person crossing the street literally approaches them, approaches their, their, their wounded body on the ground, unable to move, and comes up to them and says, you know, you're gonna be okay. I'm here for you, so and so, you're gonna be alright, you're gonna live, and da-da-da. And maybe helps that person off to the hospital or something, but 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 this 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 white person is now having this experience with this black person where this black person is showing him or her An unbelievable amount of grace and compassion and empathy and love. And that white person's life might be changed forever, right? And now this white person has this really deep connection to this human that helped them or saved their life or was there for them at a very, very traumatic moment. And... Their per- something could switch inside of them, you know, and maybe they've, you know, only surrounded themselves, of course, obviously with white friends, and then it's like now you have this different thing because you've had this different experience because you've been shown compassion from somebody with a darker skin color who has shown you again this love and grace and whatnot, and then there, and I, I, I just created this scenario, but I'll be damned if this probably hasn't happened. Um, but my point is, is that, again, there's so many layers to this situation, you know, and when we are not open, when, when our hearts aren't open, when we are not living from a place of our higher selves or from a place of compassion, oftentimes we, people don't find themselves in scenarios that allow them to see, to really see a different perspective. You know, so many people are living in their own bubbles. I just want you to know that I, um, Actually took a little pause break in there, so that recording that you were just listening to, I had stopped the recording, and this is now several hours later. Um, I actually um, got done watching just a little while ago the memorial of of George Floyd, and I didn't, I missed a, a good a good first part of it, but I was able to tune in when, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton was speaking. And of course it was, Oh my God. So fucking powerful. So, so emotional, so touching. And, um, you know when you're listening to someone speak at a time when you when you're when you're so kind of boxed into the emotion and to the heaviness of the situation and they have this beautiful way of somehow bringing lightness to it or even like a little bit of humor that's what I was of course watching which you can go back and see for yourself those are really special moments because it's such it's such a an important lesson for life um to first of all, yes, it is so important uh to give a shit and to care about humanity and to care about people and the earth and, and animals and 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 to care about other beings in addition to yourself it's so important to do that um but i know i am someone who loses myself in the emotion of it all this this last week i during my last um recording where i was kind of you know doing an update on everything in my life as far as you know substances and supplements and serotonin and all of this this shit I had made a plan last week to release a new episode every Thursday um and it is indeed Thursday and that's fine but I really kind of had a set plan in motion um of what I wanted to cover and I knew it was going to be with regard to this over the last few days of course but but again it's just like what do you what do you say i have i've definitely just been in the thick of the collective emotion of what our country has been experiencing um over the last week but i do i do really want to share with you um Obviously, there have been protests going on all around the country for the last for the last week, and I was able to take part in in two of them so far. I went to the park in Los Angeles on Saturday that was you know formed um, by the Black Lives Matter main group. And that was put together and that was, well, it it certainly was the first time I was out in a crowd in the last couple of months. Um, That was also um, truly a huge mind fuck to the situation, (laughs) right? We've been not able to be in groups of people for the last couple of months. And now all of a sudden people are out in the streets and they are protesting and here's the thing right here's here's another extremely layered gray area here so on one hand it's like what the hell are we doing um haven't we haven't we learned that we can't be doing this this is so irresponsible right to be in groups of people but then you take that and you add in this issue that is so much bigger than a collective fear of something. This is, of course, where it gets really tricky, I think, for a lot of people who are truly compassionate and emotional people and empathetic and want to see change happen and know that our system is broken as fuck they know that. And I think a lot of people were like, fuck this. Fuck this. And that feeling overrode this fear of going out into the streets and being in groups of people because of the virus. And I mean, that's, that's exactly what happened for me. I thought, you know, I don't know if this is going to help me or not. I'm going to wear two masks. Um I'm going to wear my sunglasses. I actually did bring a pair of goggles with me which I didn't need to use. But look, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I mean, you know, you're 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 si- you know, you're watching all of these things unfold on 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 social media and on the news. You know, when you're seeing, you're seeing the beauty, you're seeing the peaceful protesting, but then you're seeing, again, you're seeing police violence, and you're seeing police be violent towards group of peaceful protesters. You know what I mean? And then again, and then it just gets perpetuated, obviously, the idea of police violence. And it's just, you know, it's like all of these images that are so fucking traumatic to see. I mean, they're real. It's the truth. We're watching them. You know, we need to see these things. And at the same time, we have to be careful about watching this shit. You know what I mean? 24 hours a day. I mean, dear God, it takes such a toll. I know that it has on me, but where I have been is on kind of autopilot this past week, wanting to go out there and wanting to make a difference, not knowing how to make a difference, right? So I started following all of these different social media pages um of people who are providing us with really good resources and books and articles and places to sign up and ways you can actually take action and 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 senators you can call and and you know police stations i guess you can pick it and just all of these all of these resources um which are very helpful because again if you are like me incredibly emotional right without any action um you're just kind of buried in your own fucking feelings and oh my God, it, listen, it's so important to have feelings. It's so important to feel your feelings, but it's so important to try and regulate them too. I've had a very difficult do- time doing that this past week, and I'm sure many of you have. Um, and for those of you who have and who feel this this way, this this desperation, I mean, Jesus Christ, it was bad enough that we were in a pandemic. Um and then to see all of these things happen of course all of these things happening are not the not the fucking murders and not the racism but the but the actions that are taking place because of it these are good things these are good fucking things um i do believe that in order for real change to happen that shit just kind of needs to be burned to the fucking ground and I'm not referring to the looting and of course all of that other shit that took place. I mean there's a whole other fucking layer to the onion, you know. Um of course, you know the people who 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 truly deeply don't understand, you know, protesting let alone of course looting, which I'm sure most of us will agree, of course that doesn't of course that doesn't help. But if you don't understand the the desperation that people feel, as a result of you know c- continuous continuous hate and and a broken system and the fact that people haven't had jobs and the fact that we are just you know we we've just we're being pushed down and pushed down and 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 it's you know you know if you don't understand if you don't know where that's coming from it's going to make it very complicated to of course have a conversation with somebody and make them understand you know but of course looting and causing destruction no no it doesn't help but it's an indicator it's a fucking cry for help however yes and then of course there was all of this other shit that we were hearing about about people taking advantage of it right all of these opportunists you know and then we've heard about these 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 outside people that were, were coming into the country and causing all of this excess destruction, you know, that were possibly brought on from, you know, Trump and white nationalists and, and and all this shit that we keep hearing about. And oh my God, and all of this information and all of this emotion. And I really just, I really thought it's it's like this, it's like this, I shared this on my Instagram story the other day. It just reminds me of the song Ball of Confusion by The Temptations, which oh my god. You need to go listen to the fucking Temptations and put on Ball of Confusion because if that song doesn't cover um well everything right now, but everything that's that's still been happening, you know, uh, for 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 <sighs> much longer than 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 decades but it's like all of this information it's like my god um and when you're this you know when you're a massive you know empath hearing all of these things and feeling all of these things it's so easy to lose yourself in this and i definitely felt myself doing that this past week i had to continually remind myself okay i need to get enough sleep tonight I need to be journaling. Okay, I need to have a conversation with somebody that was going on. I had a really hard time giving myself downtime and giving myself alone time this past week because I just wanted to stay connected. I wanted to stay connected to what was going on. I wanted to stay connected with my friends. I wanted to be having conversations with people who were feeling how I was feeling and who really gave a shit about all of this stuff. I was just so desperate to be connected at this time. And, you know, if you did or if you didn't participate in any of the protests this this past week, there's obviously going to be more of them. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you didn't get a chance to participate, that shit is so fucking powerful. It was so, so powerful. Uh, There's really nothing like coming together in a collective group with fucking strangers, listen, I mean, 98% of the people, probably more, um, than that, than the, of the people who I marched with, you know, last Saturday, um, in Los Angeles, and then again in West Hollywood, uh, yesterday on, on June 3rd, um, it, it's it's so interesting because it's like look okay in terms of the virus you know there's always been a question of are these fucking cloth masks actually helping us but we wear them because for one i think maybe the collective notion became it's got to be helping something right it's better than fucking nothing um At least that's kind of the mentality that I took on, you know, but but then being down there with with thousands of people, 99% of them, I would say, wearing masks, and it's like, you know what, look, who the fuck knows a couple weeks from now what's going to come out about the the, the numbers, the rates, you know, so much for flattening the curve, I don't know. (laughs) I, I really... Obviously don't know what's going to happen, but, but being down there with all of these people felt so fucking pertinent and it felt so much bigger than even this fucking virus, which again, what does that mean? Because this virus is fucking huge and this virus is serious and this virus has killed hundreds of thousands of people in, in, in the country alone. God, I hope I was correct with that. Well, I don't want to be correct with that number, but I mean, regardless, you know, and so it's like, you know, this is where all of that gray area comes, comes into play. But it's, it's just, it's, and again, and, you know, and there are, of course, there are people who you know, it's interesting again, right? The 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 layers of personalities that come along with this because then you have people who are like, Oh, well, I understand the protesting, but well, you know, well the officer was charged now, those other officers were, were charged, you know, and the death of George Floyd, da-da-da. Why can't everybody just go the fuck home now? And it's like, you don't understand. This is so much bigger than this. This is so much this is not just George Floyd. I mean, he he I hope to God, because this is what it seems, you know, it feels like he was kind of the last fucking straw. And... And... and With that being said... People just... Just... Here's the deal. People are waking up. People are... And fucking thank God. You know? We need. We need white people to take to the fucking streets. We are the majority in this country. And again, unless there is real denial. happening and you know inside of you we know we know that shit's fucked up and sometimes it's too hard to look at it isn't that so weird how we how we do that thing sometimes like I am such an animal lover I'm an animal obsessor I literally I could cry at, at looking at A sweet little dopey dog walking down the street. I could literally fucking cry. And I love animals to death, but I really struggle with the idea of volunteering at an animal shelter. And it's like, what is that? Literally, I have said this so many times. I don't think I could do it. It would literally break me. I would be crying all of the time. Oh, God, I mean, just even thinking of it now, you know, and then I heard something just recently that sort of touched on this subject, you know, about, about leaning into, really leaning into that, that, I don't even know what you would call it, a, a re- something that you really give a shit about that feels too much to handle, I, I, I suppose. You know. Um, you know, and that's just kind of like a petty example, but it's like. I I think. I think a lot of this really comes down to. Oh, I'm gonna say a lot of this. Look, people are afraid to feel their feelings, you know. And I think that this is. I really think that. This is why there's so much complacency, um, right? This is why there's so many people who are just kind of on the fence with things, and you know, and and you're 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 looking at these people who just like kind of seemingly are just going about their lives like everything is fine. It's like they're not affected, you know, by by the state of humanity or by by current events or by injustices. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? They're this, and they're selfish, and they're this, and they're that, and da da da. And and you know, when we really think about the fact that so many of us are just really afraid to feel certain things, even those of us who feel a lot, like myself, we're still afraid to to feel certain things. Do you know what I mean? It's so fucking. It's 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 very it's very complicated but i just i just wanted to share all of all of that with you you know again it's it's i started this i'm not going to say quote unquote podcast i started this podcast <clears throat> because i wanted to share from my experiences and i wanted to help people. And again, I still don't know what that looks like. But if you can relate to what I'm saying, or if you think that other people might relate to what I'm saying, doesn't that count for something? I mean, you know, these, 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 there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, this notion right now, you know, telling white people to shut the fuck up and listen, which I 1000% agree with. Um, You know, and I also, and I also, you know, absolutely agree with the fact that we we do need to be having discussions because that's the only way that we really grow as people. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, those fucking memes that go around that say, if you X, Y, and Z, you're the problem or you're part of the problem. It's like, I understand that meme, but you're not going to reach anybody that way. You know what I mean? Because you're just, you're, it's just, it's, it's another divisive thing, you know? And, and, and it's, look, I don't want to fucking hang out with racist people. Of course not. I want to hang out with people who feel like me and care like me and, and, and think like me. But how helpful, how far will that really get me? because I'm just preaching to the choir. So it's like how do we have these conversations? Truly, how do we have them? We, you know, we're, we're for those of us who have open hearts and open minds and who want to fight injustice, I think we need to open our hearts more. I think we really need to open our hearts more to the people whose hearts aren't open how do we reach them otherwise? Seriously, how the fuck do we reach them? We're not going to reach them with snark and by calling them names and by calling them racists. And it's like, listen, I want to do all of those things. I do. But it's like, fuck, we need new tactics, you know, in these conversations. Thank you for listening if you've been listening to this, to this babbling, I hope that if I hope that um, I hope it resonated with you on some level, or or even made you maybe, I don't know, think about stuff. But either way, I hope it was all ultimately positive And that the sound of my voice isn't incredibly fucking annoying. Um, boy, would that suck. Hey, listen, not everybody's gonna like your voice. Not any, Not everybody's gonna like what you have to say. Not everybody's gonna like you or do this or that, you know, here, that's, that's one thing we really need to accept. Just please, please keep an open mart, um, an open mart, keep your mart, keep, listen, a lot of marts were closed this past week. Please keep your hearts open, keep your minds open. Please, please exercise self-care um, during these times, you know, it's so important to take action, to take those steps, and it's, and it's literally equally as important to take care of yourself because you cannot heal the world from a place of depletion. And I have been telling myself this for the last week. Please stay safe. Stay sane. I love you guys. Have a beautiful week.